Welcome to Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Right, fantastic. Well, we as a church are going through... I said, we as a church are going through the summer, uh, this summer in the Psalms. And um, we've got uh, lovely uh, people like you all to give a massive welcome, a whoop whoop, to Yeti, who's going to be sharing first. So give it up for Yeti. Thank you for joining me up here, Yeti. Um, great to have you with me. And uh, great to have you with us. It'd be good if you just share a little about who you are, what you do, and uh, please take the mic for that. <laughs> I forgot about the mic for a minute. Okay, so my name is Yeti, and um, I joined this church in April 2016 with my family, and it's been such a joy to be part of such a wonderful family, um, family church. Um, in terms of the church, I serve on the hospitality team, ushering you wonderful people to your seats and making you, you lovely teas and coffees, so that's great. I also serve as um, the leader of one of the Grow Group's favor, and I want to just use it as a quick plug. So there's six lovely women in that group. We had one man join us, and I think he was intimidated and ran away <laughs> after two weeks. We will wel wel welcome more men on board, and I promise you we don't bite. So please join the GROW group. Yes, then for work, I'm a doctor, I'm a consultant with the NHS. Um, I've also written one book, Monday Morning Coffee. There are a few copies downstairs. It's a weekly devotional. If you want it, um, please pick up a copy downstairs. So that's me in a little nutshell. I'm a mom and a wife, and I have four adults, two men and two young ladies, I must say. And um, yes, God has been good. Thank you, Yeti. Wonderful. Well, Yeti, let's jump straight into it. What is the psalm you're going to do today? Share with us. Today I'm going to be sharing um, Psalm 23. The reason being it's the first psalm I ever learned as a child. And for those of you in my generation, we used to use the King James Version. And, you know, it can be quite um, jaw-breaking. But that's the version that we used, and I was able to learn Psalm 23 by heart at a very young age, and that's the version I still recite when I'm doing my own quiet time. I know there are different versions out there, and um, I would like us to recite Psalm 23 in the King James Version today, and then we'll put on the screen the New Living Translation, and we'll kind of unpick everything together. Is that okay? Good. So shall we go? One to go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cough, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. 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 Isn't that wonderful? Okay, so let's go quickly into this. Um, can we have the New Living Translation on the screen? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Sorry, Yeti. Okay, that's fine. We'll go with what we have. So why are we doing Psalm 23 today? So for me, Psalm 23 kind of echoes King David's life. King David wrote Psalm 23, as we all know, and it echoes his life. And it describes, the for me, it describes the journey of a Christian, the unpredictable, unpredictability of a Christian's journey. And so we're going to be looking at all the verses and unpicking them together. The first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. As we know, King David, as a young boy, was a shepherd himself. He was the last of I don't know how many children, but he was not really, really part of the family. He was kind of relegated to the background and kind of almost abandoned, um, seen but not heard. But he had an encounter with God. He had a covenant relationship with God. He knew God as his own shepherd, and he was shepherding his own sheep. The Bible says in John 10, verse 11, Jesus is introducing himself to us. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Isn't that wonderful? I am the good shepherd. I am your shepherd. There were hundred and one got away, and God left the 99. If I had a hundred pounds in coins, and one coin kind of rolled under my bed, I won't bother about it. I won't bother lifting up that bed and all the rubbish under my bed to look for the one coin. But God loves us so much that he will go in search of Every missing one. God is our shepherd. He loves us and he knows us up close and personal. That's the God that we serve. And then the B part of that verse says, I have everything I need. Mind you, some versions say, I shall not want. I don't think that's correct. We may have everything we need but we won't have everything we want if you give me a blank check and you ask me to write down what i want and sweets and chocolates but we not just kids yet yeah. <laughs> and possibly us as well but we as we as their parents know that they need their fruits and veg so god knows what we need as our shepherd. And if we have a covenant relationship with him, we will have what we need. So I want us to say something to ourselves today. I want you to say it after me. I know what I want, but God knows what I need. Can we say it again? I know what I want, but God knows what I need. 
Indeed, the Lord knows. So we're going to go to verse 2 of um, the psalm. And this is, what, this is what it says. He leads me in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. That version on the screen says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The Lord that we serve is not a slave driver. How many of us know that? He's not going to drive us to death. He knows when we're tired. He knows when we need some rest. He knows when we're thirsty, when we're hungry. And he would lead us. He would guide us. He would refresh our souls. He would feed us. And he would grant us peace. But can I just stop there for a minute? What does peace mean for a Christian? What does peace mean for you? Peace doesn't mean everything is happy, joyful, you have no money worries, you have no health worries. That's not peace. That's not the kind of peace God has promised us. The Bible says in John 16, 33, in this world, we will have trials, many trials and sorrows. But take heart, I have overcome. Peace for a Christian doesn't mean the absence of storms. It's the assurance that God is with us in the storm. The assurance that God is with us in the storm. Very quickly, let's go to <laughs> verses 3 and 4 together. And this is where I'm going to spend time today. It says, verses 3 and 4, He guides me along the right path for my life. I'm living, reading the New Living Translation here. Bringing honor to his name. Verse 4, Even though I walk, through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. In 2011, I was posted to, um, to work in a small village called Hexham. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if anybody knows where Hexham is. So Hexham is about 30 minutes um, after um, Newcastle, 30 minutes from Newcastle. And from where I live in Hemel Hempstead, it's a five hour, four minute journey with three changes. And I would take the 615 train from King's, King's Cross station on a Monday morning. And as you are coming out of King's Cross, the sun is just beginning to break through the clouds. And as you leave London, you would begin to see this lovely, lovely scenery. The undulating hills and the valleys and the lakes is such an amazing thing to witness. But then there are parts of that journey where you have to go through some very long mouth. What is happening? For, for starters, your phone loses signal. So whatever you're doing, you can't continue. 
But eventually you can see the light breaking from the, you know, end of the tunnel. And that is how life is. God will lead us along the right path. Not a path without crisis. Sometimes he will lead us into crisis. What happened to the Israelites? They left Egypt and they were dancing and making merry. And then what happened? They got to the Red Sea. God knew all along. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he didn't lead them through the short way. There was a shorter way. But he led them to the Red Sea. Sometimes the Lord will guide us into chaos. What happened to the three Hebrew boys? He led them to the fairy furnace. But there's something there that I don't know if we missed out. Where he says he leads us along the right path to bring honor to his name. To bring honor to his name. So when Pharaoh and his troop were destroyed in the Red Sea, didn't that bring honor to God's name? And when the three Hebrew boys were put in the furnace and nothing happened to them and they came out unscathed, unburned, what happened? Didn't that bring honor to God's name? When Daniel was put in the lion's den and nothing happened to him, didn't that bring honor to God's name? What happened to Jesus? He went to the cross. He died a horrible death. God led him there. And didn't that bring honor to his name? And that's the reason why we are here today. Jesus went to the cross. Now, in this valley of death, or darkness. And sometimes it will lead us through the valley of death. And how we live as we go through that challenge that may kill us is what will bring honor to God's name. And sometimes things happen we can't explain. But God wants to take all the glory. We all have different lives, different journeys as a Christian, but God will see us through each and every one of them. And then let's go to the last verse. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Have you been falsely accused? Have you been betrayed? David suffered all of that. He suffered betrayal, but God restored him. God has promised that he will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. I perceive that there's a few people here who have suffered betrayal or issues at work, and God is saying, I've got you. I will restore you. I will vindicate you. I will not let you be put to shame. I will give you victory in the presence of your enemies. And then the last verse says, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. So this in eternity. Goodness and mercy will be constant companions on this journey on earth. Whether we are on the mountain or in the valley, whether we are sick or whether we are well, whether we are poor or whether we are rich, whether we are going through challenges or whether everything is okay, God's goodness, God's unfailing love will always be with us. Thank you. That's an assurance that we can take home. Thank you, yes. And then lastly, when this life is done, because one day it's going to happen. How many of us are never going to die? <laughs> one day this life will be done. But that will not be the end. It will be the end of one chapter, but the beginning of a better chapter. And we will not be alone. We will live in the house of God forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Yeti. Would you mind? Just, just pray for us. Just pray for us. Whatever the Lord's led on your heart through what you've shared. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. As simple as it is, it is deep. And there's healing in it. I pray for this church family that they may know you as their shepherd. I pray that we will know you as our shepherd. I pray that we will have covenant knowledge of you. I pray that we will know you as the God that provides, the God that leads, and the God that guides, the God that sustains, the God that protects. I pray that we will know you as the God that vindicates. I pray that we will know your goodness and your mercy, your unfailing love. I pray that we will not walk this journey of life alone. I pray that in those dark seasons, we will see you and feel you right beside us. I pray for any man or woman or boy or girl in this assembly today. Whatever it is, Lord, let them experience your presence. Wherever anyone has strayed from your presence, Lord, there is an assurance that you will go after them and that you will get them back and none of us will be lost. I pray that when the time comes for us to leave this earth, Lord God, it will not be a loss, it will be a And now if we could uh, welcome up Alan to the stage as well. Come on, Alan. Come here. Ah, wonderful. There you are. Hey, wasn't that great? <laughs> Thank you, Yeti. That was, that was great. Okay, well, wonderful. For those of you who don't know Alan, Alan, would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are? <laughs> who am I? Yes. Yeah, who, who am I? Uh, I'm Alan. Uh, I'm married to Jane. We've been married 41 years. Uh, we have... We have how many children? I think uh, it's four. Oh, it's four. But it was yeah, eight yeah. in the first. So yeah, no, I yeah, don't sorry. know. <laughs> we have four children, eight grandchildren, and uh, we're spending a week next week with most of them. Yeah, in, in Somerset. That's going to be fabulous. Yeah. 
He um, says we because he's also my father-in-law, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I don't just tag along with congregants' holidays, although... <laughs> It, it, it's great when you're you, when you're known like like I, my son's in Australia and you know the, I just ride on the back of everyone else's you know fame but you know. yeah anyway, thank you yeah okay well do you want to share yeah. um, the psalm yeah uh, and uh, some reflections yeah we're going to talk about uh, Psalm one three nine it's uh, a psalm I like it's a psalm that, that's special to me uh, and. Uh, we're just going to run through it and, and, and we'll read a little bit and talk a bit about it as, as we go through. Um, so it, it starts off, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. Everything. Okay, got that? Um, you know when I sit down or stand up. So he, God knew that I stood up from that chair just now and I walked here. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, it's okay. So he said... Um, uh, you know my thoughts. That's interesting. Even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. And David understood that God knew him better than he knew himself. Uh, he wrote in Psalm 19, there's a, a verse there that says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? You know, we, we think we know ourselves. We think we know all the, perhaps what, what we're not so happy about ourselves. And we think, oh, it's bad. But actually, God knows even more. <laughs> there's stuff in us that we don't even know is there yet that, that God will bring to the surface and, 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 and deal with. But So... That's, uh, that's verses 1 to 4. Verses 5 to 12 is that you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. He didn't understand it because he knew what, was he, what he was really like. And yet God wanted to follow him and go before him and put his hand of blessing on his head. That's what he... he yeah, I just don't understand it. Why would God do that for me when I'm like I am? So he says, I, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even, the darkness, I, even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. Too. And yet he loves us. He loves us, he chooses to walk with us, and he, he puts his hand of blessing on us. And wherever we are, his hand will guide us, and his strength will support us. So that's wherever we are. Not ever we were, he was going to. It's wherever you are now. Where are you now? Where are you now? I know there are people here facing challenges. Yet he talked about walking. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow... I will be with you. He walked with you. But there are people who are facing challenges. People who are, have plans for their future, their plans for their future, maybe even think that they're God's plans for their future, but maybe haven't asked God. Maybe they haven't asked God. Have you asked God what he's got for your life? Young people are going through, they're doing their degrees. This is the time when A-levels were out this week, weren't they? And every, all, all these results are coming out and people are challenging and chasing forward, choosing their options. 
Graikas sitting there helping them to find places because they didn't, perhaps didn't quite make it. And they've got plans. Um, I don't know what the, the, the percentage is, but I don't think there's that many people who, have, who are in jobs that are relevant to the degree they took. We chase the degrees, we chase these things, and we end up doing something totally different. Okay? That's the way, that's the way it is. But if we follow God, yes, it's great to have education. Yes, it's great to be challenged. It's great to learn. It's also good to fail. Jane worked with a lady, a professor in, 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 in Bath, on, on dealing with children and, and, and trauma, and she won't employ anyone that had a first-class degree. They've all, got to have, they've all got to have failed at some point because six months into the job, when they fail, they won't know how to handle it. So failure's not a bad thing. Let God pick you up. Let God let, let's learn from it. Yeah? Great. So, God... <clears throat> okay. Come on, Alan. Okay, right. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And amazing words. And amazing, aren't they? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. God's thoughts, precious thoughts about us, outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. God's in control of our lives. God is in control. He has a plan and purpose for us. But I think the question is, are we going to follow his plan or ours? And that's a hard one. You know, it's a hard one. Um, in, in Revelations, Jesus, uh, he said, Jesus says, I know all the things you do. So Jesus, you could, you could apply it to us. He's looking, he's writing to this church. I know all the things you do. And now I am standing at a door and knocking. And I'm not coming in and unless you hear my voice, open the door and invite me in. Jesus is telling, this is not to, this is not to unbelievers who are getting the message of evangelism. You know, I'm knocking at the door of your life, please invite me in. It has nothing to do with that. It's writing to the church. He's writing to you and me saying, I know all about you. I'm standing here and I want to be invited to every part of your life. Every part. So there's some challenges there. Is Jesus, does he have permission to come into every part of your life? So, will we let him in? Will we let him in? After our first son was born, um, uh, we went to a Spring Harvest Bible Week, which is a, a, a bit like what the youth went to, but for grown-ups. And, uh, <laughs> and I know, kids as well. Did you sleep much? 
Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> well, actually, no. James was with us. He was very. He was. It was in his first year, and and the first thing we did when we went into this chalet at Minehead was to clean it. <laughs> you know, it was filthy. And uh, yeah, there we go. That was one. And then um, we. One night, uh, I, I'd really got inspired, and I, I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted. I was going to do something with my life. I'm. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to go for God. And I. I. I said to Jane, "There's a. There's. There's a place in this minehead thing where they had the missions people had their stand. And everyone I went to. Uh, well, what's your degree? I'd got two GCSEs. Uh, one was. One was art. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I laugh because I've got art as well, but, right? You know, but, but, but that I took me. it to A-level, but anyway. I, I was, from that moment in my head, I was a failure. I could not serve God. And I walked back from that night on my own, incredibly despondent and, 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 and downcast. And, and I, 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 so that's it, you know. I, and that's when I heard God speak to me. Uh, you know, this is, this is interesting. I, have, have you heard God speak to you? When you know that you know that you know that's God saying something. And he said, what he said to me was, I will use you. I will use you. But you're going to go through a time of training. You're just going to have to be patient and walk with me. And I'll call you when you're ready. When he says I'm ready. Not when I'm... Because I was ready. But... <laughs> So seven years later, uh, Jane was at a ladies' conference uh, up, uh, I don't know, up in Midland somewhere, and there was a lady there who was from a church in Worksop that they'd been doing some work in Romania, and and they they wanted a, a, to to try and use a hotel out in Romania as a ski place, and Jane had been involved in tra travel and tourism, and they said, would we go out and with them and talk to the owners of this hotel, see if it can be converted to a ski hotel and, and, and be used. And we, and we went out there and, and it, it didn't work out. It was a, a long, uh, long, but it, it, it wasn't going to work. But um, just talking to this lady afterwards and, and we discovered they ran kids camps up in, out in Romania, taking the kids up on the, in the mountains and, and kids, you know, youth camps and sort of thing. So we said, well, that sounds nice. Do you need any helpers? Uh, and she said to us, um, well, I'd sooner you ran it and we had no idea about kids' work. We had no idea about uh, nothing. It, it, it's, but, but out of that, we got involved. We, we went and we took this kids' camp up a mountain. It was the, the health and safety people would have torn us apart. And we won't, but we won't go that. there. <laughs> but God was in that. And, and we, um, over time and over the years, we, we got involved in kids' work. And we started a, an international children's ministry. We went all around the world uh, running youth camps, preaching the gospel to, to, to thousands of kids in Africa and India and, and, and other places. And, and um, we, we took youth out from our church that we're in uh, to, uh, on, on training. You know, 16-year-olds out. You know, their, their parents signed them over to us and allowed us to take them. And, and, and we took them on mission. Uh, and and it, was, it was just amazing what God and, did. And just recently, you've been away in Egypt. Well, we just went back to... In, in, 20 years ago was the last time we were out in Egypt. We went back a couple of weeks ago to, just to see them and, and, and take part in, in, in these, these things that we'd started and still, are still running. 
Um, and uh, it was our interest in meeting uh, the kids who were now adults and bringing their kids. Uh, and, and, and wow, it was, it was amazing. Anyway. So what, what does that mean to you? What does that mean that to journey? me? Yeah. That journey. Um, I, what it means is that it doesn't matter what you think your qualifications are, whatever you think is your plan for your life, whatever you are, are, are aiming at, hear, hear from God. Let God ambush you. Because he ambushed us into these things. We never, we never chased them. And, and God will. God will. He will. And, he, and there, as I say, there are young people. But there's not just young people here. There's older people here who, who are at crossroads. And they're at challenges. And they thought they had this plan that isn't working out. David's, at the end of this psalm, we're going to go back to what David did from this response of knowing that God knew all about him, but he still loved him, and what David's response to that was, and, and uh, to, to God's plan. And, and is that okay? If we, we that? Yeah, okay, right. Okay, let's get there. Okay. So God knew, knows all about us. He wants to walk with us and place his hand of blessing on our heads. He's got amazing plans for our lives. And our response should be what David's response was at the end of that psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Put out, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So if you're at that challenge, if you're in your life and you're thinking, this isn't quite working how I thought it was going to be, maybe it's not God's plan. Maybe it's time to say, search me. You know all about me. You show me what I need to sort out in my life and you lead me where you want me to be. And I will go and do what you want me to do. Not perhaps what I want to do. Anyway, that's... Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much, Alan. That's wonderful. It just... Yeah, the, the, I just felt like there was something on that in terms of when you started talking about people failure, and uh, I know in many people's lives in our journeys, we failure and the experience of failure can be character forming, but it can also be restricting, and it just depends on your perspective of God. And uh, just a reflection I shared before is like God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. And you are all called. We've heard about sheep. You're known by name and you're called not just to be in a wonderful relationship with God, but to represent him. God's got amazing plans for you, but you've got to submit and surrender unto him. And so just what we're going to do now is uh, we're just going to have some space just for you to reflect. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. We're just going to continue to sit here, Alan, and... Um, we just want to give some time for the Holy Spirit to begin a work in people's hearts. And then after some time, I'm just going to ask Alan to pray for us. And I think that's where we'll leave it. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that your spirit would have the freedom to move in every heart. Would you search us right now? We give you permission. Begin to share what you'd like us to do in response.
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.